0: Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Let's Take It From The Top. I am your host, Hallie mastro Berardino, and this is another episode in our college series. Today, I am so excited to have some representation from my alma mater, Point Park University. Please join me in welcoming Caleb Matura. Caleb is entering his senior year and will graduate in 2022 with his BFA in musical theater and minor in dance. Caleb is originally from Madison, Wisconsin, and over this summer, he performed at the Timberlake Playhouse as a member of their 2021 resident company. Some of his favorite roles include playing Mr. Venus in Passing Strange. And today we are going to get the behind the scenes scoop on one of his most favorite shows he's ever been a part of, which was when he played Pippin in Pippin at Point Park. Now, this story is a prime example of what it was like to be a student at the very beginning of COVID. So I'm so excited to have Caleb on to give a really fresh, new take on what it is like to be a student at Point Park, and i get to sprinkle in a little bit of my time there as well. So without further ado, please join me in welcoming the wonderful Caleb Majora. Hi, Caleb. Hi. Welcome to Let's Take It From The Top. I'm so excited to have you here.
1: I'm excited to be here, thank you.
0: Another Point Parker. Let's represent. I'm so excited yeah. to get to hear your story and the background of how you got to Point Park and all yeah. of the awesome stuff that you've been experiencing there. For so, sure. And you're heading into your senior year
1: next year? Yeah, I'll be a senior, which is crazy.
0: Yeah. And we just missed each other by yeah. by how many years? I think
1: I, I saw you at COVID Experience Day but I don't think we have actually like met in person. Yes. Which is-
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, oh, that's awesome. So I'm so excited to sort of hit your, your experience so far in college and talking about the future and all that. So, okay, yeah. I think we're ready. Let's <laughs> take it from the top. So Caleb, let's go all the way back thinking about your college audition experience. What was yeah. that like for you? How did it kind of begin? How did you know that this was what you wanted to go to school for? And what was that like?
1: Well, like I've been obsessed with theater since I was like five. My mom attributes it to herself. Um, she used to play me like Lame is when I was in the womb. So I don't really come from a theater family, but they were always very respectful of like what I wanted to do. So I kind of knew from the get-go that I wanted to pursue musical theater. I know that it, w- it was like a career option for me. And so senior year of high school, I did the whole Chicago Unifieds, and I auditioned for a couple schools. I auditioned for my top three schools on campus, which were um, Elon, OCU, and um, Baldwin-Wallace. And I auditioned for about like 10 or 12 schools, I think. Mm -hmm. and then I ended up choosing between OCU and Point Park I auditioned for Point Park in Chicago
0: very cool so what maybe give us the lowdown on unified like how was that juggling I know that that could be very overwhelming so what was that like for you
1: for sure I think I had a lot of good advice from people who have gone through the process before who would just like focus on yourself worry about yourself as long as you're prepared you'll be fine because a lot of the stress from Unifieds isn't necessarily like the audition, but like being around a bunch of theater kids who have never been in this scenario before. And like, you're juggling a bunch of different like egos and people who might be kind of angry or overly ecstatic, like things like that. So I think just kind of trying to be centered as possible. And I I went with my best friend, Audrey, we did that together. So that was nice to have like um, her next to me through everything. So that was fun.
0: Yeah. And so, can you talk, Caleb, about the material that you used to audition? What songs, if you yeah recall? Oh, yeah.
1: yeah, so I think for my like ballad, I did "Night Song" from Golden Boy, and for my tempo, I did "Lost in the Wilderness," which, like looking back, might not have been like the best like song, but um, I had fun singing it, and I really, I did not know that that was kind of um overdone in musical theater. So I had fun singing, it, and I guess that's all that mattered during that. So, yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, I'm sure you killed that song. And it's so funny. <laughs> I love that song, as yeah. overdone as it is. And I have been, like, looking on Spotify and everywhere for, like, a, a version of it that I like. So now I want to hear you sing it. But, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I totally Wanda.
0: get what you mean. And, and it's funny, because when I think back to my college experience, I really... Like no one in my school had ever done it before, so yeah. I very much was like flying by the seat of my pants, kind of. Yes. And, and I mean, I trained with Broadway Workshop in New York City uh, okay. with Mark Tuminelli there, and and got coached by him. And uh, David Ayers was his. Uh, did covered my vocal audition and okay. all my songs. So who was there to sort of help you prepare all of that material? What um, did you do to get ready?
1: Yeah, I had a couple different voice teachers. I didn't really have one voice teacher that I was set with. I didn't do choir really, but um, I did a lot of community theater and I think I kind of developed some mentors in community theater. Some like my own, my mom helped me and um, some other parents of my like best friends also helped me. And so a lot of my mentorship, I guess, came from people who I was already kind of close to mm-hmm. and I would have them like watch me and coach me. And that's nice too, because it's sometimes it's good to have like an outside perspective, someone who's not necessarily super involved in theater watching you because that's kind of you can see how things land differently on everybody.
0: Yeah definitely and it's funny after graduating from school I've started like coaching kids and and working on songs and it it really is like its own beast. Like I feel like those auditions are so strange and unusual that It is, you kind of have to, I, I think it's really interesting that you talked about like just doing your material for people outside of theater. Cause the yeah. the idea that it is mostly like, do I show up in this material, right? Like yeah. I don't want to be so character-y. I do want to do stuff that resonates with me and that yeah. shows a little piece of me, which yeah. sometimes is not like if we're auditioning for a show, a particular show, we want to sort of put ourselves in that world. But yeah Yeah, so it's i think that's that's really cool that you sort of had a bunch of different perspectives to kind of fuel how that worked for you yeah and like
1: these are the people who like know you the best more than anybody like your mom so like she'll really and my mom will say like oh no that doesn't work if she thinks it like so that was cool and i think it's tried some it's something i kind of carry into um whatever songs i'm singing is running it by the people who know me best
0: yeah definitely and so caleb before we jump to our questions about being in school can you just talk about the process of like getting accepted and or rejected from certain schools and and ultimately what made you choose point park
1: yeah well I think I chose point park because I felt like it had the most well-rounded program um in terms of dance training singing and acting Mm -hmm. and I also really wanted to live in a city like I'm from I live on a farm in Wisconsin so Mm -hmm. like I felt like going from that to New York would be like a slap in the face so I thought um Pittsburgh was a nice like starting path to like what city life is like yeah and it, Pittsburgh is really beautiful I remember I kind of like mentally committed when I first arrived in Pittsburgh and also I think the thing that really made me want to be there was Copa Experience Day My my friend Maya and I went together and we like watching like you and like Tommy Bo and Melu and Jada like do the Hamilton song and you did your song. I think that's when I was like, Oh my God, I want to be here. Like I want to be, I want to get the, I want to get what they're getting in terms of like training. And I think looking back at the college edition process, I wish I had more like reach schools, I guess, because I think I knew that there would be a lot of rejections But I also think I kind of like I didn't necessarily give myself enough credit for like where I was in the process. Um, And it was also interesting because like college is expensive and you have to juggle like, okay something that might be the best financially won't necessarily be the best for you as like an actor. Like this is your career. Like this is the first I feel like college auditions and just the um, commitment process is like the first step you take in terms of like your professional life. Because you're like a high schooler who does theater before that. So that's kind of like the the shifting point. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's like your first big, big person (laughs) decision. (laughs) And and like you are in charge of it, right? Like you have to really think about what's best for you, what fits for you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. And I think too, you talking about being at COPA Experience Day, when I was looking around at which school I wanted to go to, I wasn't able to go to cope experience day but i went by myself and sat in on class and it was the same thing like saw people get up in techniques and was like i want to do that like that's what i want to do yeah so we share sort of similar experience and I think it is important for people to go on campus and it's so funny this this is something that always makes me laugh and I actually just recently cleaned out my old bedroom in my house and I found like uh, a list that I had made of like schools that I wanted to apply to and like the pros and cons of them yeah and everywhere that I have written down about Point Park is like this isn't a top choice this is uh," like (laughs) I'll I'll apply but and it's not necessarily where I see myself but yeah Then when it was it really was down to Point Park for me and um, the Cap 21 program, which really isn't at that time, wasn't a full like four year program. Yeah. And I kind of felt like, do I not go to school at all? What do I do? And it wasn't until Mm -hmm. I went to Pittsburgh and I sat in the classes and was like, oh, okay, like this is it. So I think that that's like an important step for people to take, especially if you feel like you haven't gotten into the dream schools. or you and, mm-hmm. and I did not. I got mostly rejected from the schools that I really, really wanted to go to, yeah. that I thought so, I really wanted to go to. So yeah. that was interesting too, to kind of like be, feel like I was left out to dry and that I didn't yeah. have options. But then the option that was meant for me, I had to like put myself there and, oh, and yeah. really reach out of my comfort zone. But yeah.
1: I agree and I think that like Point Park wasn't my like number one school either but looking back I feel like it's exactly where I needed to end up in terms of like how it unfolded so I am grateful that um it worked out the way it did and it helps you kind of just trust the process going forward like even if it doesn't feel like where you need to be you are where you need to be in in that moment for that part of your life.
0: Absolutely. So, Caleb, let's go to our five questions. We're going to try to cover a bunch of different things about your college experience so far. And, yeah, we'll sort of, like, take a little zoom in to to different moments that stick out to you. Sure. So question number one is, what was something that you expected or a preconceived notion that you had upon going to school that ended up being untrue?
1: I definitely came to school with this mindset that I needed to like put my training before everything else in my life and then I needed to be like super competitive. And I quickly realized that's just kind of toxic and not how it should be. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that like in every, in all parts of life, like being on the grind is like very respected and it's great, especially in theater, like, you know? And um, I think with me, that was good, but it kind of initiated like, almost a glorification of being fatigued. Like, oh, I was up to like 4 a.m. Rehearsing my lines. I'm such a good act, Like, you know what I mean? And that's yeah. also not. Um, and so I think just finding a balance between like holding my continuing to hold myself to high standards, but also making time to develop as like a person. Like it's college. Like you, you're, you, you're growing as like a young adult and I love to like cook and draw. And I didn't really, really make time for any of that until this year, honestly, with COVID. And I realized how it kind of makes me feel more refreshed when I return to whatever I was doing um, with schoolwork or like theater and that kind of stuff. And I think that in general, it just makes like my work more consistent and like sustainable when I'm not just draining myself and constantly working on one thing for months at a time and not taking any breaks.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. That's something for me. It makes me think of my showcase experience at Mm -hmm. school because I, by, so we had like two private coachings with Erin Ortman, who was our director. And the first one that happened for me, I was like, not very much so prepared. And she was asking yeah. me questions that I felt like I didn't know the answer to. And i mm-hmm. pretty sure I walked out and like walked to my apartment and was like freaking out. And, and so I was like, okay, she's told me what to do. Mm-hmm. And, and we, I think we had a, a group session and she gave us mm-hmm. an assignment and i was like okay i think instead of freaking out i need to just like do this for 10 minutes and then not yeah. think about it ever again
1: yeah <laughs> and so exactly. i did
0: that and everyone i can remember everyone else was like freaking out over this assignment and i it, you you're challenged because you're around everyone to be like should i be freaking out should i be staying up so late and working on this yeah. and we went in for that next session with aaron and i got up and i did it and she was like blown away. It was like, yes, this is it, Hallie. Blah, blah, blah. And I was yeah. like, I didn't do any of the work that I thought I was like supposed to do, putting I'm supposed yeah. to in air quotes. Yeah. And really everyone else in the group had like a difficult time with her yeah. in that second section. Yeah. And and it made me realize like sometimes to put the work in for a short amount of time rather than like sitting there and, and slaving over all of the work.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Sometimes works better. And I love like I definitely have found in COVID also like doing something else that yeah. stimulates me creatively in a different way, allows mm-hmm. me to go back to if it's the scene that I'm working on or the song that I need to tape for an audition, makes yeah. that stuff so much more alive and like I feel so much better. So yeah. I think that's a great thing to point out.
1: And I think like when you have opportunities that are like like senior showcase, high stake things. You know it's high stakes, but like, you don't want to feel so stressed out. And I think the more that you like slave away at the work, the more stressed you're going to be because you're like, I got to show that I put 10 hours into this in like 30 seconds. And I think that I'm learning like to trust that you've been doing theater for like a long time. Like it's just trust your instinct sometimes and you don't have to necessarily put in hours of like text analysis. Of course, there's a time for that, but sometimes it's okay to let that go.
0: Yeah. Not having to like prove that you've done the work, but just trust yeah. that the work has been done. I love yeah, that. <laughs> sure. Yeah.
1: yeah,
0: Awesome. So, Caleb, let's move on to question two, which is, what was one of the biggest challenges you faced, and how did you overcome that challenge?
1: Um, there's, like, two I was kind of flipping between, but um, I think one of them is definitely to, like, appreciate the process of doing a show and not necessarily the end product. And I think that something that's been kind of unique to my experience at Point Park is the three shows I've been in at Point Park have all been canceled in Tech Week for various reasons. Wow. So I haven't really had like a run of a show at Point Park. And now I'm almost hesitant to get like attached to a show or a piece because they've all been canceled like since October. And then um, Adding Machine was canceled. And then Pippin and then Passing Strange was canceled right before Tech Week, which was Ring musical this year, so that's been really hard. Trying to like give it your all, but also like kind of protecting your heart because it's like a bad breakup. Like you spend all your time with this show, and then boom, poof, it's gone, yeah. and it's it just dissolves. So that's been hard, and I think that learning to just like be present has helped me with that, mm-hmm. um, and not really like focusing on like oh like opening night I need to do this I don't know things like that, and then um also I think as many people can probably relate to just like covid and like being a student over zoom especially musical theater major because junior year it's all scene work and partner work like it takes two into the woods and it's really hard to like authentically connect with someone over zoom and I felt like sometimes I had to force it and um it, it at times it felt like I just wasn't doing the the piece justice because there was just this like artificial like oh I see you you see me like it I just wasn't feeling it and um I think also with zoom university it was like finding ways to stay like artistically fulfilled in your living room when you're singing and dancing because that's what a lot of our classes were um especially like techniques with ziva it was hard because you had to find ways to still have fun and what a lot of us ended up doing was like building our own set like to into the woods like where you would stack a bunch of chairs and make them trees and finding ways to like tap into that like creative side that I didn't really do since I was a kid. Because as a kid, I would do, like, little plays all the time. Right. And now, 10 years later, that's what we were doing for an entire year over Zoom in front of a screen. So I think finding ways to be happy doing what you love because it, it was hard to do, I think, during COVID.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I'm so glad that you brought that up because uh, I think that that's something, I mean, I have cannot even – imagine what that was like to have to go through. But I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see too, like over the next couple of years to see how things shift and, and change. But I mean, you were literally like right in the throes of it and sort of the guinea pigs to figure yeah. out how yeah. this work and and all of that. So I give you a whole lot of credit. But I think it's a testament to the kinds of people who major in musical theater and, and yeah. be able to sort of you know again turn on those different parts of your creativity and and make the most of this moment and and what we are dealing with and and what you kind of have to you know fiddle around with and and figure out along the way oh yeah
1: and it 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 made me feel more like better equipped to be adaptable and like really well with the punches i think which Mm -hmm. is kind of hard until you're doing it so yeah
0: yeah definitely definitely Awesome. So let's move on to question number three, which is who is one teacher that had a great effect on
1: you? So Keisha LaLama, I don't know if you had class with Keisha. She has like, without a doubt, she's like changed my entire approach to dance and just like my career in general. And the thing with Keisha is she has like this genuine ability to like really instill a sense of confidence in all of her students. Like it's genuine, like She's one of those teachers that will say, like, I love you guys, but she means it, like, she does love you. And, like, she cares about you and wants to make sure you're okay. Um, and I, I've always loved to dance, but I've never had any, like, technical training until I came to Point Park. Like, I never took dance classes, and so my foundation just wasn't there. And um, at the beginning of this last year, there was a scheduling issue where all the other dance minors got placed With rocker and I wasn't scheduled into any jazz class and they were all full and none of them fit into my schedule. And like I needed to take a jazz to just stay on track to graduate with with my dance minor. Mm -hmm. And then the day before, I don't know what shifted, but everything like moved up 20 minutes in my schedule, which allowed me to jump into Keisha's class. And at first I was like, Oh thank God, like I can stay on track and everything. And then I realized like I'm gonna be the only dance minor with twenty dance majors and like I love them, but I get scared really usually sometimes, which I'm working on, but like, that was going to be terrifying for me, um, because like, talent aside, like, factually, I was the least experienced dancer there, I didn't have that extra, like, 15 years of training, and I was so nervous, like, I remember writing, like, these cheesy little, like, affirmations in my notebook, like, you deserve to be here, because I knew that, I thought there would be days where I felt like, oh my god, like, I need to drop this class, um, but, like, there was not a single day where Keisha made me feel like I didn't deserve to be there. She made me feel so comfortable and safe. And um, I don't think I was expecting that. Because, I mean, I respected Keisha even before I had her as a teacher, just from everything that she's done. But um, growing up, I feel like I had a lot of teachers who kind of pushed me aside for other students to make more room for other students who had more experience and um, had, were at the school level that they thought I should have been at. But knowing that Keisha knew that I wasn't where I needed to be yet, but was willing to kind of give me that extra shove in the right direction, meant the world to me because, like, I- I've grown so much just in the last year because of her. And um, I attribute a lot of like the growth I've made specifically like in dance to her because without her, I wouldn't have had that motivation um, to work as hard as she makes her students work. And like her, her warm up killed me every day, but anytime I can, I'll go and take her class because I just have so much fun.
0: Yeah. She is yeah. awesome. I so I never took her jazz class, but everyone who ever has has said about the warm up that it kicks yeah. her booty. But yeah. I, I had her for um composition, like choreography class, and really yeah. that was like changed everything for me. Yeah. And yeah, and I've known Keisha, I did the Jimmy Awards my junior year of high school, so okay. I yeah, knew yeah, yeah. her since then. Yeah. And, I mean, I have so many stories of I feel like she has such a wonderful way of like being there when you need her and she says the exact thing that you need to hear hear. whether it's like good or honest right like it's never bad but it's always gonna be honest so if you need that extra kick or if it's like that was your best work I've ever seen whatever it is she is so like on top of everything that everyone needs while being a well-rounded artist and human it really is super inspiring
1: yeah and she definitely like balanced that like rigor with just like having fun like some sometimes our assignments for the weekend like go home and eat ice cream because I know you're not doing that like things (laughs) like that that we need to hear like because everyone's very stressed and wants to make sure they're like at the the best level they can be at and so she kind of helped us like take a deep breath and like I don't know. Yeah, it was that was really nice.
0: Yeah. And it's funny. So I had my dance minor. I was one of only a, maybe a couple people in my class that had it. And uh-huh. I had to take a modern class with all dance majors. And <sighs> it, I was a senior and they yeah. all and they were freshmen. And yeah. I still was like, this is not OK. No, I remember really? freaking out.
1: Yeah because <laughs> they're all so good and it makes it even more scary because they're like younger than you and you're like what but they're like doing backflips like oh crazy yeah. yeah but we
0: held our we hold we hold our own in there I and i and i feel like too even like in that choreography class that i was in the dance majors, when when there is a musical theater person in the room, there's always that like mutual respect. Yeah, that is really cool, and I feel yeah. like we we add our own sort of like layers onto the material and like onto d- if we have like discussions about what we're doing, yeah. that we bring different perspectives that mm-hmm. really allowed me to like realize my strengths and what i uh, like i'll say on my weaknesses and what i can do and like can take from the other people in the room to be able to to like take the next step and and build upon the things that i can improve on
1: for sure and i think that now i don't know if they were doing this when you were there but they have the mt minor for dance majors Mm -hmm. a lot of the um uh a lot of my classmates were interested in getting the MT minor and I was a dance minor. So some of the, like my best friends from last year were people who we would work together. Like, okay, I'll help you with your audition song and you can help me with this combo. Like, it was awesome to kind of just like work with each other and collaborate. And just like, it's nice to like, appreciate one another and know that like, they're not going to get mad at me because I didn't like land a triple, but they also know like singing is my forte so it's it's nice to have that like balance because i think it did also help me not having like my friends around me because it made me so uncomfortable all the time in a good way because that's how it's gonna be when you go to like a dance call like in new york where everyone's gonna be very amazing and you might not be as strong of a dancer as they are so that was nice to have that like a taste of what that's going to be like
0: all right caleb let's move to question number four yeah. Which is, what was your favorite performance opportunity?
1: So this was um, a little bit over a year ago, but last year my sophomore year, we did uh, Point Park did Pippin, and I, I got Pippin, which was super exciting. Um, and it was also the first time that the dance department and the musical theater department would combine for the musical. So we, we were getting to work with dance majors and like Kiki Lucas choreographed, who I'm absolutely obsessed with. Mm-hmm. And the. Um, they brought in Steven Spazido to be our director, which was really exciting. Cause he was like the previous resident director for Wicked on Broadway. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know he assists Rob Ashford with a lot. So he's also like very early thirties and has done like a billion Broadway shows. And I'm like, how do you do that? Like, and you <laughs> wouldn't even talk to him cause he's super chill and like a, a wonderful guy. So that was just really cool to have that experience. And we, the cast was all super tight with one another. Like, the, that was the first time I felt like I had a relationship with everybody in my cast mm-hmm. and we were all just really excited to be there and um, it never felt like work even though we were doing a lot but we were just so appreciative to like have the opportunity and to be working with each other and like the creative team which is really awesome and during all of this like COVID cases were kind of beginning to rise but it wasn't necessarily on our radar yet mm-hmm. and so we were just like having fun and at the same time as all this was happening, I was in callbacks um, in New York for the, the male cover for Evan Hansen. So like, to to Jared Conner, um, Evan understudy. And so while I was kind of making sure that all of my Pippin material was memorized and everything, I also had these three other roles that I was preparing for that I couldn't slack off on because, like, that's what we're going to do. So I, I needed to make sure I was also prioritizing this other opportunity that was happening. And the day of the most recent callback I had was the day of her first dress rehearsal for Pippin. Wow. My God. So I did not want to send in a self-tape because I was like, I want to be there in person. Like, I just want there. I just want to be there in person. And I got the okay from like stage management and my director Mm -hmm. to fly in for the callback and then fly back for the dress rehearsal. And so, I I mean, I took the Megabus Monday night really late. And then in the morning I I did the callback and then I went back to LaGuardia and I've never had a flight be delayed before, but I planned for like four hours, longer, in like worst case scenario. And then boarding time, no one's saying anything. And I'm like, oh my God, like, please don't be have any issues. Like I have a dress rehearsal to get back to. Um, and I felt like I couldn't go up to them and be like, I have a dress rehearsal, I need to, get-. they wouldn't care. Um, and they told us there's issues with the plan, they're working on it, an hour passes by, still nothing. I'm freaking out because this is like any actor's nightmare. Like texting my stage manager like, <laughs> what do I do? Because I'm at LaGuardia still and I have to be like on stage in three hours. Another hour. It was like two hours of just waiting and they eventually got everyone on a, on a flight. And I, I literally stepped foot into my, the dressing room like as the clock turned 730, like wow. right in it. And I was so like, I was just so stressed out from that whole situation. I was like, well, now we have to do the show. Um, so that was a lot, but again, like it made me stronger. Um, and then, so we, and then the next day school got canceled and then the next day Broadway shut down. So that was kind of crazy to like be having the, like getting a little bit of this and then having it taken away. And then, um, that Thursday, the day broad, oh, I don't remember if it was the same day. It was either the day before or the day after, but we had our first preview for Pippin and, um, I was so bummed because my mom and my grandparents were going to fly and see the show because for the first preview, because they had a wedding in Pakistan to go to that weekend. That's been planned months before Pippin was even a thing. And I was like, mom, like it's Pippin. You have to come to like opening night, like not the first preview. Like, what are you thinking? So we had our casket together with the Dean of the conservatory. And we thought it was going to be like a rah, 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 let's like, let's do the show. And then he was like, okay, so We're canceling the show, but we'll let you guys have, like, we're going to do this one show in 30 minutes. So this is going to be your first and only show of Pippin. And we were all like shocked because we were told that we would at least have the weekend. So we were like, worst case scenario, we don't get next weekend and we can still have like five shows, whatever. It'll be great. And that was a shock because I feel like it's one thing to have your show canceled, which sucks, but it's another thing to be like, the show's canceled, but you have to do it full out for an audience in 30 minutes because it was heartbreaking watching our seniors who like all of a sudden this is their last show at Point Park and knowing that tonight will be the last time they're ever doing a show at Point Park and like people's parents were on flights right now to come to the show the next night and like knowing that they wouldn't be able to have their families in the audience to see what we were going to do was heartbreaking but they held curtain for 45 minutes and they were like everyone post on your Instagram stories tell everyone like this is your one chance to see Pippin. And so we were all in the playhouse, um, just kind of like being with each other and trying to just like calm our nerves. And then we all posted on our stories like, okay, this is your one shot. Come see it. And then we all, when we walked out of the playhouse, you passed the box office and there was this huge line around the playhouse and out the door um, of people waiting to get tickets. And that was like, okay, so people are going to come to this. And we ended up selling out the entire playhouse, which was amazing it was all our friends and teachers and people who were just like our biggest supporters. So we knew that the audience was going to be amazing. And it was because, um, like before the overture started, there was a huge standing ovation and like that, that doesn't even really happen on Broadway. Like it might when COVID when it starts to, (laughs) I don't don't know if I will ever get that like electrifying of an audience ever again. And I think my cast felt the same way. Um, and, um, Yeah, the show was great. Like there was no issues, and the the audience was like it was just a a dream. And honestly, looking back, like that night doesn't even seem real. Like it seems like a dream that didn't really happen because, like, mentally I wasn't as there because there was just so much going on. But um, I remember after the show, my grandma went up to um Justin Rivers, who was my Bertha, because they made Bertha a drag girl. And if you know Justin, Justin is like the most incredible person and equally as incredible on stage like having him as my brother was amazing because he's always he's already super tall and he was in heels huge wig and that was like my favorite moment of the show was him belting no time at all like down in my face it was amazing but um my grandma went up to him and I could tell he was kind of sad because like he just gave the performance of like a lifetime and his family wasn't there to see that and my grandma gave him a hug and was like I'll be your family tonight like I'm Aww. so proud of and that was really sweet to know that like my cast got to like have a little bit of that love for my family because not a lot of families could be there that night. And I think that, um, I-, I honestly looking back, I wouldn't have traded that one night for like a full run of the show because that was so special. And like, there will be other runs of shows, but I don't think anything will equate to that night, which, um, is awesome, I guess. Yeah,
0: I can remember seeing that all unfold on Instagram <laughs> and being like, wait, what? Like, there. Every, wait, what's happening? And then there were like people were kind of taking videos. I don't know if there was one. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah,
1: so yeah.
0: I was like, this is insane. Like, no. I, can, I can only imagine what the energy was like. And and really, like when they announced Pip, I was like, oh my god. And then seeing the photos and the set mm. and all the the cameras and the, all that yeah. stuff, I was like, I wish I could see this. And then the fact that obviously being like, oh my god, they're only going to have one show, but. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine what that energy was like and like you said it om like not that obviously you it would have been wonderful to have had the full thing and and to have it cut short was very jarring I'm sure mm-hmm. for everyone but yeah I think too a testament to like how people show out and support one another yeah and really like dropping everything to go and make sure that that they were in the audience I think that's yeah really cool
1: yeah for sure and like It was crazy because like thinking back to it like within a seven day period i went from like being in pittsburgh and like being on the brink of some like great opportunities to being back on a farm in wisconsin laying in my bed for like in literally from that tuesday to the next tuesday like it was like two different worlds so yeah that whole i mean the whole year has been crazy for everybody but i feel like everyone has stories that make it like super unique and like yeah
0: All right, Caleb, we're at our final question. This one I'm really excited for. So, so far I've only talked to one other person and I said, I was like, this question makes me so excited because I feel like the possibilities are endless and I want to stretch (laughs) as far as you can. So the question is, what do you dream that the future holds for you?
1: Okay, well, I'll do like short term and a little bit of long term. So I hope that I have... I have shows lined up for the summer and I'm just like praying that they don't get canceled. And it's funny because the first show of my summer contract is Pippin. So I started the pandemic with Pippin and I'll hopefully fingers crossed be ending it with Pippin. So that's kind of a nice full circle moment. And then um, next year I have this idea for um, a dance for film piece that I'm working on because I'm actually living in an old high school next year. Oh wow. It's Avenue high school that they converted into like, like lofts. And so the main entrance is, like, this big, like, 100-year-old hallway with, like, old lockers and everything. And I have this idea for, like, um, a piece where I'm, I'm going to make this big dress that, like, will 20 feet with, like, a 20-foot uh, trail and just have this big, like, concept piece. It's kind—it's of, all coming together in my head, but it won't make sense now. So that's something I'm excited to share, hopefully next year. Yeah. And then graduation, graduation, um, I want to move to New York and just start, like, auditioning for things. And eventually I would love to, like, use – like, my, like, a professional stage career to kind of segue into, like, mentoring and directing, and I think that, like, something I really, really want to do one day is create um, a program that can kind of, of, like, Broadway actors, professional actors that go and kind of team up with young students in, like, predominantly um, neighborhoods of color or people who don't necessarily have access to train in musical theater, because that's something I saw, like, Being a person of color and like having a lot of friends of color, a lot of us didn't have um, like the resources to take classes every week and things like that. So I think it would be so cool to like kind of like nurture the next generation of like performers of color with like a free program that I'm sure many people would be hopefully willing to, to do and work with me on. So that's like my big dream. But yeah.
0: Oh, that's amazing. And I love Caleb. So the way that I sort of picked people to come on and, and be a part of this college series of let's take it from the top was either. So I reached out to actually some of the heads of some programs and they mm-hmm. sent me a couple of people to represent their school, but yeah. like on your case and in Jay's case, I saw your work. I, I follow you on Instagram or I saw a showcase or something yeah. and was like, that is someone who I want to talk to. And I think that this question, the the way that it's been answered thus far has been really inspiring because you in particular, right? Like, obviously we have all these dreams for ourselves, but Mm -hmm. the bigger picture, right? And like the bigger things that, maybe down the road we want to do like even even the 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 video that you're talking about i mean i know you you said like all the pieces aren't there but just just how you described it i'm like i want to see it right (laughs) like that yes like i'm i'm on board right it's like things that i hope I know for me, have like sparked things in me of like, oh, that would be awesome, or like, I can't wait to see what that turns into, and yeah, and I hope that I'm sure also for the listeners as well, just to to sort of like open up our minds, right? I feel like a lot of and and for me too, like when I was in school, I was mostly thinking like, I'm gonna go and audition and do any show I can. Where yeah. especially now with COVID, I've been able to sort of like take that pause take a step back and think like okay mm-hmm. why right like why do i want to do this and and what is the bigger point right and what is like the the real reason that we do this and other ways that we can use again it's sort of talking about our different creative waves right our different yeah. paths of creativity to yeah. give back to the younger generation or just to the community in general. And I mean, I'm really inspired by your answers.
1: and yeah, I appreciate that.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, Caleb, this has been awesome. I can't thank you enough for coming and sharing your experiences. And I know as a fellow Point Parker, our community is so strong and, and I'm looking forward to, you know, stay connected with you and, and, just know that I'm here if you need anything. And when you move to New York, we can see each other. And Yes, yes. I'm sure we'll be running into each other in the city a whole lot. But thank you yeah, so much for being here.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Of course. All right, Caleb, we'll talk soon. See ya. ourselves at the end of another inspiring episode. I cannot thank Caleb Matura enough for joining me today and for sharing his experiences with all of us. I know Caleb's answers to all of these questions, and specifically that last one, have left me with a renewed faith in the future of the theater community. I cannot wait for Caleb to be able to graduate school and dive in and see where he goes. He mentioned that he was a little worried that his summer stock was going to be canceled, but it was not. Caleb has performed multiple shows over the summer and is working hard towards finishing school and becoming the theater artist that he was meant to be. If you would like to follow Caleb, you can do so on Instagram at Caleb underscore Matura and his information along with my personal information and the Let's Take It From The Top information can be found in the show notes of today's episode. As always, feel free to reach out. Let me know what you liked, what you want to hear more of. If you want to be a guest and share your story on the podcast, I am open to all suggestions and all ideas. So send them my way, people. Another big thank you to Caleb and a big thank you to you for joining us today. And I will see you next time on Let's Take It From the Top.